It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 1st, 2017. My name is Phil Rossman reich I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Back with you for another episode as the Orlando Magic is set to close out this Little road trip, this little three-game road trip that they have as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll have a complete preview of that game on today's episode. I'm also going to talk pretty extensively about the big news of the day, the Orlando Magic declining the option on Mario Azzoni. We've done a couple of big podcasts on Azzoni. He's obviously a huge fascination among Magic fans, mostly because he was a former fifth overall pick, uh, but we will talk a little bit more about him here today. We'll also then talk a little bit more about the Magic and and go a little bit differently and talk about maybe where they're struggling and what they need to do to kind of fix some of their struggles or, or fix some of the maybe things that they've been able to to tide over a little bit here in this early season. As I think some of us do know that, that eventually they'll come back down to earth and some of these weaknesses will come to the forefront. Before we do that, though, I do want to remind everyone that you can check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking to learn a little bit more about the Grizzlies, you can go check out Locked On Grizzlies. I actually was listening back to uh, Monday's episode of the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, David Locke had myself, as well as the host of Locked On Grizzlies and the host of Locked On Pistons, to talk about the surprise teams in the league. I definitely suggest you subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast, and the guy, I mean, I've watched the Grizzlies a few times. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in them. I wouldn't say I'm I'm completely familiar with them. Uh, Mostly when I watch them, I get distracted by how awesome the Grizzlies DJ is. Uh, But uh, Locked On Grizzlies, fantastic show covering the Memphis Grizzlies. Definitely suggest you go check them out. You can subscribe to them, just like you could subscribe to Locked On Magic on iTunes. Just search for Locked On Magic, Locked On Grizzlies, Locked On whatever. And there's also great podcasts on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. It's come to my attention that Locked On Bucks has been inactive for a while. So go check out Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Dolphins. They do a fantastic job covering their teams, the local teams here in Florida. But let's get straight to uh, tomorrow today's game as the Orlando Magic will complete this three-game road trip going up against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, of course, a very uh, solid team. I mean, even though... They lost Tony Allen, even though they lost Zach Randolph. You, you still get a sense that their identity is still intact. That They're not quite the grit and grind teams of the past. They are Their defense isn't as strong as it used to be. And they do want to play at a faster pace and shoot a few more threes, but they're still kind of a grind-it-slow team, uh, a team that has some guys that can just execute in the half court and really make you pay if you're not careful. Um, that they're, that Regardless of... Tony Allen being there or not, Memphis has certainly established a culture, and you really sense that watching that team, that they play a certain way. There's just an ethos and an attitude about them, and they just play that way. There's nothing you can do really to change that or stop it. It's it's who they are at their core. 
And so, uh, you know, you watch the Grizzlies, it's still very much the same team, at least on the defensive end. They're going to get into you defensively. They're going to make life tough for you. They, they switch maybe a little bit more than they used to back in the day, uh, but they will be there for each other and, and play at a high level. I mean, D- David Fisdale's a fantastic coach. He's been that way for a while, and he just really fit in seamlessly, kind of added new elements to that team. But when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, um, you do have to look at their offense. It's always going to be kind of the deciding point on whether the Grizzlies are good or the Grizzlies are bad. And so far this year, the Grizzlies have been very good on offense, and I think you got to give a lot of credit of, to the, of that to Chandler Parsons and his resurgence. I watched Saturday's game against the Rockets, and Parsons was making a lot of shots and 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 got you know people were chanting his name at the FedEx Forum, and, and he's been really fantastic. The Orlando native has looked a lot better. Uh, I would honestly say, watching him play, his his movement is much more fluid than it's been in a very very long time. He looks. For, you know, there's really no other way to say this. He looks healthy. He looks like uh, he finally has his legs under him and finally is playing at an extremely high level on the floor. And, and I think that uh, there's really nothing more that you can ask for from, from a player than the way he's playing right now. Uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Grizzlies, though. There are still definitely, you still have to talk about Marcus Gasol. You still have to talk about Mike Conley. Uh, Conley is great at getting in the paint. Uh, just a great floor manager, point guard. Um, a floor manager, it seems like an insult to him because that's not what he is. He is he is an all-star. He should be an all-star by now. He he plays at an extremely high level. Marcus Gasol obviously is, an, is a huge matchup problem. Just a lot of size. He's able to step out and hit, that, hit the three. Just a smart, smart player. Great passer. Just, it, it, they make everything work. Conley and Gasol... Or just make everything work. They are just so good together, uh, and, and so it's definitely tough to it's definitely tough to me- me- measure up to these guys and match up with these guys. Um, you know, the Magic may not have to. Both Conley and Gasol are nursing injuries. The last injury report I saw on on Tuesday night was that they are questionable to play. I I would bet that they will play. I mean, it's, no one's considering this a, a finals preview or anything with with the way the standings are at the early part of the season. But uh, it, I would expect them to play uh, if they can go. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they're not guys that, that would sit out unless they have to, or unless it's a precaution of some sort. But um, it doesn't seem like their their injuries are, are serious. But you know, there there definitely is a weakness to this Memphis team. Uh, they they are good. I think you know I, I I thought that this was probably the year that they fall out of the playoff race. But it's looking like it won't be that. It's looking like the the Grizzlies will indeed be a team that to reckon with and, and be in that Eastern and that Western Conference playoff race, and uh, I, I think that they are very, very good. But they are vulnerable. They're not a top Western Conference team by any means. Charlotte was down by 13 to them on Monday, it was back end of a back-to-back for the Hornets too, uh, and came back in the fourth quarter. They got some good drill penetration. They made some timely shots. Dwight Howard made some. Got some big boards. Uh, the, the Hornets out, you know, were able to work them a little bit and get uh, get the stops that they needed and, and get back into that game. And so Memphis is definitely good enough to beat a team like Houston, but also vulnerable enough to lose a double-digit lead at home to a team like Charlotte. That's not to say the Magic should sleep on the Grizzlies at all. They will require their full attention. This is a tough defense to crack, uh, and you got to get them to switch, and you got to get them the right matchups, and you gotta got to, you know, find that 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 thing that works. 
And, you know, I think a lot of us, when we watch this Magic team, are thinking, eventually the other shoe's going to drop. And we saw against a really good defensive team in Charlotte how much the Magic can struggle. Then again, we saw against a really good defensive team in San Antonio how much the Magic can thrive. So it, it can't just be about the Magic making shots, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Uh, but Orlando's got to come with their with their A game, with, with a solid game plan, with a solid game. they got to be able to handle Gasol in the post, which they've done pretty good against post players throughout the year. they got to rebound. They can't get outworked on the glass. they got to protect the ball, which the Magic have done a pretty good job of. And when they get those transition opportunities, they got to take them. They've got to push the pace against this Memphis team. Um, this Memphis team does not like to play at a fast pace. If Orlando can get a lot of possessions in this game, it'll be to their liking. It'll be at the pace they want to play at. That's not to say Mike Conley can't get the Grizzlies up to that pace. It's just not the way they prefer to play. So if Orlando gets dragged into a slow game, that's trouble for Orlando, I think. I, I really think that's that's trouble for Orlando despite their offensive efficiency. If the Magic are able to get the pace up, that is a better opportunity for them to win. So it'll be an interesting game down at the FedEx Forum. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida and NBA League Pass as usual. Uh, for those games. Uh, so the Magic Grizzlies to finish off this road trip before the Magic head home for a little while. Before we get into the big news of the day, uh, and, and since we're talking about the Magic and the Grizzlies and, 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 and the game coming up, I've got a great announcement for you. If you're a fantasy basketball fan, you're going to want to listen up. Because if you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try... What truly is becoming my new favorite app, my new favorite daily fantasy play, and that's Draft. It's daily fantasy, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league, but it's just for daily fantasy. It's really simple and easy to work. It's There's no complicated catered salary cap. There's no trying to figure out, oh, I have this much to spend, or you know how... No, 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 none of that. You get placed into a league. Uh, I tried it last week. I'm going to try it again Wednesday. You get placed into a league with four, five, six, you know, who knows, X amount of players, and you draft your players. And you you compete to see who picks the best team that night with the players available. And from there, you just watch the points come in and have the chance to win. I like this a lot better. Because with the smaller league, you get a better chance to win. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. And there's no management. You just set it and forget it. You you do the draft. You got your lineup. You're set. Once that draft is done, the game is on. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Starts every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. Literally, if you're listening to this at 8 in the morning, you can join a draft right now. And then you can join another one at noon. And then you can join another one at 5. This, you know, you got to put the entrance fee in and all that to try and win some money. And the best part, you play for cold hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. There's no salary caps. Play in real life snake drafts just like you play with your friends in a season-long league, except it's daily fantasy. Come and join me on Draft today. Just download the app anytime and search. just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. It's really that easy. Or you can play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players, just listen, listen here if you're a new player, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code LOMAGIC. 
That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOMAGIC your first, on your first deposit on draft. And of course, there's also a locked on, locked on NBA league. I think it goes every Wednesday. So you can compete with the other locked on hosts. You can maybe compete with me and see if you can beat us on draft. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed playing it. I, I was checking it uh, while I was out and about last week when I played it. I haven't gotten the chance to get back in, but I'll, I'll be back on Wednesday for sure. And if, if I were to give you some advice, I'd take Evan Fournier. I know Chandler, Pars- Chandler Parsons not a great defender. Got some size, but Evan Fournier, your most consistent bet on the Magic, and Aaron Gordon probably would be a good pick too if, 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 I, if I were really thinking about it on the Orlando Magic. Let's not beat around the bush, though, anymore. Got got the copy out of the way. There is a, There was a big piece of news, obviously, that came down on Tuesday as the Orlando Magic um, did not pick up the option on Mario Zonio. It was first, first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, confirmed by Adam Shadoff of Fox 35, as well as Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel. The Orlando Magic did not pick up the fourth-year option on Mario Zonia, making him an unrestricted free agent after this season. To me, this was a bit of a surprise. I thought uh, Zonia was owed $5.2 million next year. I thought that plus his restricted free agency rights would have been enough to, to say, you know, there's no reason not to do this. There's no reason not to have this guy in camp, even as trade bait, even as a, oh, well, you know, maybe one day he'll be fifth overall pick Mario Zonia. He's just too talented. Um, I thought it was um, a little bit surprising to see the Magic go ahead and decline this option, but... At the same time, there is plenty of justification to do so. There's no doubt that last year Mario Ozonia just had a terrible, no good, awful, bad season. It was bad. He was bad. Um, I got a lot of heat for saying he was bad, but he was bad. He shot 29.9% from beyond the arc, really never found a fit for himself defensively, and um, t- took a major step back. And then the news, came, of course, came out this summer, and Ozonia confirmed it that he was dealing with some knee issues throughout the season. And he was in a lot of discomfort, and just he just never felt like he was healthy. And he spent a good chunk of this summer not playing basketball, but trying to get healthy again. And so while... And then, you know, on top of all that, the management group that drafted Izonia was fired. Rob Hennigan was gone, and, and Jeff, Wel- Jeff Weltman and John Hammond came in and didn't really know Izonia. And so when you look at the production and you look at his role on the team right now, which is probably the first guy out of the rotation or the regular rotation, it all added up to say that Hizonia probably wasn't going to make the roster or wasn't going to be a key figure for this team moving forward. So it's definitely a tough decision. I I don't think the Magic took this lightly, and I think the Magic tried to do a lot to, to keep them, to, to, to at least justify bringing him back or keeping the option. And I think Izonia has done a lot to justify it. Honestly, I look at what Mario Izonia has done this year. I know he's averaging about, what, four and a half points per game, 4.6 points per game. He's shooting the ball significantly better, 50% from beyond the arc. I believe he's, I believe he's 50% from beyond the arc and shooting the ball very, very well. Um, when he gets shots, he's playing within himself. He's not forcing things too much. And defensively, he's looked as good as he's ever looked. But the fact of the matter still remains that the Magic have not been able to find a, or been able to carve out a role for him. He's never been able to force himself 
into the rotation ever since his rookie year. And the bad from his first two years probably far outweighs the good that we've seen in seven games this year. And when push comes to shove, I think the Magic had to make a business decision here. And it's probably one that's welcomed by Hazonia. There's uh, both Wojnarowski and and Josh Ro- Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com and Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel reported that Hazonia's camp very much would like a fresh start somewhere else. And this is something I've said even dating back to his rookie year. The environment in Orlando was never conducive to Mario Hazonia growing. Scott Skiles was a taskmaster of a coach who demanded defense, and that's not what Mario Azoni was good at. And uh, even on top of that, just beyond the Skiles issue, when the Magic drafted him, the Magic set out a declaration that they were trying to win. And that's not to say they should have picked Justice Winslow or something like that, but or suggest they should have picked someone else. I, I still think Mario Azoni was the right pick in the 2015 draft. The Magic needed shooting. Azoni was the best shooter in the draft according to the experts. But I, I felt like when I watched tape of Azonia, when I, when I watched him play, he was a project and he needed opportunity to make mistakes. And with the Magic trying to win immediately in 2016, again, pretty much promising the playoffs in 2017, and, now, and then moving on to now, Hisonia was never going to get the opportunity to make mistakes. He needed to fill a role, and he needed to grow, you know, kind of within that role. And defense was never a thing, and Skiles is a defensive coach, and Vogel is a defensive coach, and when you need to win, you, you need to be able to play defense, or you need to be able to shoot the lights out. And that's what Hisonia was supposed to do. The thing that was supposed to keep him on the court while he was growing and while he was making mistakes was his shot. Unfortunately, that shot never developed at the NBA level. I think he shot, what, 34, 33% from beyond the arc his rookie year, down to 29.9 his sophomore year. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that coaching staff lost some faith in him. He lost some faith in himself. His confidence was definitely a little, probably a little bit down. He's probably a little too afraid to make mistakes. And he just wasn't playing. He wasn't playing well. And... In the NBA, there are 60 new guys coming into the league every year in the draft. Some people are going to get pushed out. And, it, you know, I, I've talked about Azonia a lot on this show. It, it, at a certain point, he's no longer fifth overall pick Mario Azonia. And, and I, I was still fielding a lot of these questions. Like, you know, I still got a lot of people who, who told me, you know, kind of said on Twitter that, oh, you know, good, good job for the Magic to decline the option. He's not worth the fifth overall pick anymore. And it's like, well, you're probably still he still probably can be a productive five million dollar a year player. I mean, it's still a cost control measure. But the the ship has probably sailed on him being fifth overall pick Mario Azonia. At this point, he just needs to be NBA player Mario Azonia. And personally. Personally, I have been very, very encouraged with what I've seen from Mario Hazonia this season. To me, it really looks like he's beginning to get it, whatever it is. He's beginning to understand how he can be successful in his role, and he's beginning to execute that role. And I think that does bode well 
for his potential future in the NBA. I think that means he can find a fit somewhere in this league. But undoubtedly, it's going to be tough. Undoubtedly, there are still some hiccups and headaches to to come along. And wherever Hazonia ends up after this season, that team's going to have to be okay with that. Unfortunately for Hazonia and his early career, the Magic were not okay with that. The Magic needed a little bit more. And this is a zero-sum business. You win or you lose. Hazonia did not deliver. I'm still hopeful for Mario Hazonia. I think he can still have a very good season this year. Of course, again, he's not fifth overall pick Mario Hazonia anymore. And I've been very happy and very impressed with the way that he's played. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But the Magic seemed to know that it's time to move on. And it was no, it was somewhat surprising to hear that the Magic were pretty aggressively trying to trade him over the weekend. Trying to use that team option to, to get an asset out of another team. And frankly, it was a little shocking to hear that they, you know, from from some people I've talked to, it's kind of shocking to hear that no one really wanted to make that investment. So Zonia really has a lot to prove now because his future is completely unsettled. But there are still a lot of games left this season, and I don't think we've heard the last of Mario Hazonia. This episode kind of feels like a downer, but I do want to kind of take a step back and talk a little bit more about some other issues facing the Magic. Uh, You know, we've obviously been talking very positively about this team. There's not a lot negative to say about the Orlando Magic sitting at 5-2. Surprise team in the NBA. uh, A team that each game begins to look more real and more real. I mean, I've gotten a lot of reaction to my podcast with the Bird Rights uh, over the last few days. Um, You know, people know that I tend to be very level-headed. I, I don't, you know, I hope, I hope I don't kind of just go with the, with, with the mood of the day and go crazy over wins and crazy over losses. I, I like to think that I at least am the, the, the blogger or Twitter equivalent of I don't get too high, I don't get too low. I, you know, for me, I'm someone who recognizes this is an 82-game schedule. You can't take games in isolation. Games by themselves rarely mean anything. It's the patterns that emerge that mean something. And so, you know, if right now I'm a little more pessimistic than a lot of people, it's because 
I'm waiting for that pattern to emerge. And I would say when I was looking at that Pelicans game, there were a lot of things that I was concerned about that I didn't quite trust yet. And watching the way that the Magic dominated that fourth quarter and dominated the second half of that game against New Orleans and the way they came out of the locker room and frankly the way that they responded to the loss to the Charlotte Hornets, patterns are beginning to emerge. And slowly, you can, as, as a fan, as an observer, I can begin to trust that this team will do the right things. Or do the right things probably the wrong way to phrase it, but I can trust that this team will execute the right way. Or if one piece, if one piece of the, the puzzle doesn't quite fit that day, or the, the, the analogy I guess I'm trying to use is if you're you know rolling the, the, the bowling ball down the down the lane and you knock off some of the side pieces, the rest of the pins won't fall. The structure will will stay sound. That's really what the Magic are establishing at this early point in the season, is that structure, that base, as I've talked about several times on this show. But there are definitely cracks. There is still a lot to smooth over with this team. This is not a finished, this team is not a finished product. They're playing extraordinarily well. They're winning games. So there's a tremendous amount of good. There's definitely some 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 hints that they have to continue. Hints of, of things that they have to continue to work on and and smooth over. The biggest one to me is still the defensive end. While the Magic statistically have played some fantastic defense, currently the Magic are 10th in the league in defensive rating, giving up 100.4 points per 100 possessions. They're first in the league in net rating at 10.5. So essentially the Magic are playing as the best team in the league. But there are still a lot of things that make me concerned. Number one is still the fouling. The Magic give up 25 free throw attempts per game, 22nd in the league. This was a huge problem the last few the, throughout the season. Even against the Spurs, the Magic gave up like 27, 28 free throws. They have to contest without fouling. You still see the Magic commit some very dumb, silly fouls. And that, to me, is a huge concern. Because we all kind of sense this offense isn't going to last. As good as the Magic have been, it's not likely they're going to shoot 48.7% from the floor all year. Or an astounding 44.1% from beyond the arc all year. They're going to come back down to earth at some point. And actually, when you look at Memphis, the Memphis game, the Grizzlies are really good at getting to the foul line, which which is a big concern, I think, for Orlando tomorrow on, on Wednesday. But eventually, the Magic are going to come back down to earth with their shots. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's conceivable to see the team taking and making an improvement from beyond the arc, but to go from the second-worst shooting team in the league to the best without making any major changes, we got a long way to go. That's not likely to stay. And so the question always becomes, what can the Magic lean on? What can the Magic rely on? And we and Sunday's game against the Charlotte Hornets I thought was really instructive. 
And because I did the Megapod, I didn't get a chance to really talk about that. The Magic's offense has been great. But everyone on that team knows it's their defense that's going to make the difference this year. And we've seen them struggle a little, even though the numbers look good so far. We've seen them struggle a little bit on that end. Really self-inflicted stuff. Like the fouling. Their perimeter containment has been okay. I think that they're still hiding DJ Augustin a little bit. We saw on Sunday how what, ha- what happens when their defensive focus goes away. The Magic still give up a ton of rebounds. When you look at uh, the four factors, opponent offensive rebound rate. The Magic give up 26% offensive rebound rate. That means essentially opponents are grabbing one out of every four miss. That is 27th in the league. Golden State's 30th. Golden State has the worst opponent offensive rebound rate right now. So it's not, you can't, you can still have a good defense and give up offensive rebounds. But eventually those come to roost. Opponents, too, are scoring a lot of points in the paint. They're getting into the paint against the Magic. In fact, the Magic give up the most points in the paint in the league 53.4 points in the paint against the Magic per game. Again, these are signs that the Magic the Magic are holding steady. They're doing what they need to do to win games. But there's a lot to improve on too. And again, Sunday really put all this into focus. In Sunday's game against the Hornets, we saw what happens when the Magic don't score effectively. We saw a team that was struggling to move the ball, was trying to do too much on their own. And that ultimately hurt the team. Not so much hurt the team. That really put the magic in a hole. The Hornets dominated that game. They led by 15, 16 points in that game. And the Magic were stagnant. Not only stagnant, they were trying to force things on their own. They didn't pass the ball like they had. Some of that, I think, was frustration because some of their open shots earlier in the game weren't falling. The Magic looked really good at the beginning of that game and just couldn't get the shots to fall. And you could see some of the frustration and discouragement get into them. And so you started seeing Evan, like Aaron Gordon trying to force play. Simmons is always out there trying to force play off the dribble. And it's really, what was really, not scary, but I think the lesson from that game was when the offense isn't working like that, the solution isn't to try and force it to work. The solution there is to trust each other more. To make sure the ball keeps moving. To not try to put it all on your shoulders. You've got four other teammates who are capable of helping you carry that load. And to me, that is the big lesson for the Magic right now. Is all this chemistry is great when you're winning. But you need chemistry when you're struggling and when you're losing. And the silver lining from that game against the Hornets is that when the Magic were struggling and looked like they could take a a big defeat, kind of humbling defeat, 
they got themselves back into the game. They climbed to within three and had several opportunities to keep that game close. They couldn't hit the shots in the end. They dug themselves a little bit too deep of a hole and their defense, especially on Kemba Walker, was very poor. The Magic, I think as several players said after the game, they didn't bring the urgency they needed early on. And so you learn that lesson. You take that lesson to heart. And you make sure it doesn't happen again. The Magic's offense has worked fantastically this season. Obviously, it's the big reason why they're 5-2. and two. They got probably second-best offense in the league so far. But I think most of us know it's not something you can rely on every night. The good teams rely on their defense. And the Magic know they've got a lot of work to do on that end to get where they want to go. A lot of work. So as nice as this all feels, you can't be satisfied with 5-2 and two because this team can be a lot better. And they'll need to be with the road coming up. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, the Orlando Magic take on the Memphis Grizzlies at 8 o'clock over at the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. You can catch that game on Fox Sports Florida as well as on NBA League Pass. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. Be sure to subscribe if you have not already on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcasting and listening device. Uh, I am still, we we just made the move over to Panoply. You can check us out there as well. Uh, We just made the move over to Panoply. So if any of the RSS feeds you're using are not flipping over, uh, send me a line. Just shoot me a message on at LockedOnMagic or at OmagicDaily at gmail.com. I will try and get you the new RSS feed. Um, I'll try and get the RSS feeds to those other places uh, pointed where they need to go. Uh, so please uh, let me let me know if anything is not working, and I will try and get that corrected as quickly as possible. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I will see you all again next time on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.